You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. We're starting a brand new series on the names of God. Uh, names are, on the, on the front end, they're, they're simple, yet they're complex at times. I mean, think about it. It's like naming a baby. Uh, it's a title that they're going to be called by the rest of their lives. And some pick names because they like the sound of them. Uh, some pick names because they're well-researched and they know the meaning and intentionality behind it. Um, others are just family names like mine. Uh, some of you may not know this. James is not my first name. Uh, my first name is Louie. James Daniels, named after my grandfather. Yes, I know, Louie Louie. It's not the first time I've heard that. You can sing it if you want to in your head, but not out loud. Um, but did you know that God has many different names, a multitude of different names that he is called by? And uh, he's not just generically in the Bible called God. There are names that describe him, uh, his activities, the, the things that he wants us to know about him. And this is why we are doing this series throughout the fall. We serve a God that wants to get to know us intimately and wants us to do the same in relation to Him. And one of the main ways that we can get to know and understand Him is through studying the names by which people came to know Him in the Bible. And it's a fascinating study. And the more I get into these names, the more interesting they are, and I hope it's going to be the same for you. So let's dive into our study today by looking at our passage from Exodus 3 that has to do with Moses. Uh, and many of you uh, may know the story about Moses in the burning bush, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to um, Exodus 3, 11 through 15. If you do not, uh, it's printed in the order of worship for you. It says in Exodus 3, but Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And then Moses said, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say then? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, thank you that you are God, that we can call you by name, that you have names that mean so much, and you have revealed those to us. You're not a God that's up there just floating in the clouds and just detached from where, who we are and and the world around us, where you're a God that has, has entered into our world and work in mysterious ways and wonderful ways. That a God that's in control, that's sovereign, 
and that you care about your people. And we thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, names are one thing, but how we are known is something entirely different. Uh, like many of you, I'm, I'm called by different titles. You know, maybe you're called by titles at work, the foreman or the, the boss or the VP, something like that. Uh, I'm called by many different titles, James, pastor, friend, husband, dad. Uh, everyone in this room knows me by various titles um, in the congregation. The people in Chelsea know me from different uh, titles. My friends, my wife, my daughter. I mean, I don't know about you, uh, but one of the things that melts my heart more than anything else to this day, when my daughter, 22 years old, when she saw, just calls me dad. I love that. Uh, it gets me every time. Uh, but my hope is this. If anyone ever asked my daughter or my wife or my friends about me, they wouldn't just say, you know, his name is James Daniels. He lives in Chelsea. Uh, he's a pastor. He's a pretty decent guy. I'd hope that they wouldn't say that. I would prefer them say, you know, James is messed up and he knows it, but he clings to the grace of God. He's someone who loves deeply, loves food, loves good music, would do anything for you, contributes to his community. He's passionate about loving his neighbors, feeding people, would give you the shirt off his back, loves his wife and daughter and life and hunting and fishing. Why would I prefer that over the former? Well, it's an indicator that people just don't know me about me, but they actually know me. And that's what God wants through this series. This is why we're studying the names of God, not just to know about God for more information, but to truly know Him in a deep, deep way. We all have names. Names are given to us, and God has names. Most of the names in the Bible were actually attributed to Him by the people that knew Him well, except for one name. And we're going to talk about that name today. It's a personal name that God called himself. So let's look at our three points today. We're going to talk about the God who is with us. We're going to talk about the God who is. And then we're going to talk about the God for every generation. So let's look at our first point uh, by looking at verse 11 and 12 here. It says, And Moses said to God, Who am I to go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt and you will worship on this mountain. So every name that we're going to look at in the Bible of God has a story. And here's a little context to this story. Uh, in an interesting turn of events, and some of you know this story, uh, if you don't, or even if you know it or familiar with it, I'd urge you this week, go back and read just the first three chapters of Exodus. That would be a good way to prepare for small group uh, on Wednesday. It's the first three chapters of the book of Exodus. Genesis, Exodus, first three chapters. But Moses, as a child in this story, was adopted by Pharaoh, the king of Egypt's daughter, and raised as an Egyptian. And it's quite a story because the narrative, the story also intersects with the story of the Israelites, the Jewish people, God's people, who were enslaved labor. And they were used to build, the, the Jewish people, the Israelites, were used to build some of the greatest structures in history, like the pyramids. They were the slave labor that did those things, or main part of it. The Israelites, the Jewish people, were Egypt's number one source of labor. Egypt has a great thing going 
free labor all they want, and they are not about to give that up. But that's exactly what God is telling Moses to ask them to do. And it starts with the burning bush. Many of you have heard that before. God appears, maybe you know the story, to Moses in a bush that's burning, but it's not burning up. So Moses walks by and he takes notice of it. And he came closer and then God spoke to him. And he gave him a special message. He told them to go to Pharaoh, the high king of Egypt, and tell him, to let his people go free. Think about it. God is asking Moses to face off with the highest ranking political figure of the day. I mean, we're not talking about a country. We're talking about an empire here. And Moses understands the gravity of the situation and he asks, God, who in the world am I to walk in Pharaoh's throne room and make any kind of man like these? It's not the same context, but I felt something similar to that when God was calling me to plant the church here in Chelsea. I've never uh, planted a church before. I've never been a pastor before. Uh, and so I, and I had no one when I felt like God was calling me, except for my wife uh, to start with, and then later Chris and Valerie. Uh, and I felt inadequate. I felt ill-equipped. I felt like it was playing to all my weaknesses, where up until this point I had been coasting in life. And guess what? I still feel like that every single day when I wake up about planting a church. It's the scariest thing that's ever happened in my life. But here's the thing. Since the beginning of the world, every time that God asks His people, any of His people, to do something, there's always the promise that we see here. I will be with you. So the first question today is, what hard thing might God be asking you to do in your life today? What kind of, most of the time it's in a form of change, right? Uh, are there physical changes that you've been needing to make? Financial changes? Vocational changes? Are there confrontations and hard conversations that you feel more and more convicted that God's calling you to have with people around you? Are there relational changes that you need to make? Lifestyle changes? Bad habits that you're in? Whatever it might be, Whatever God is calling you to, the promise given to Moses still applies as much to you and me today as it did with him back then. And that promise is God will be with you. But let's look at our second point here, the God who is. Uh, verse 13 says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they say, what is his name? What do I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you were saying to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. So Moses is saying this. He's saying, all right, God, you got my attention. So hypothetically speaking, I go to the Jewish people and I say, I am sent by God to deliver you out of bondage from the Egyptians. He said, they're going to ask me, Moses, what gives you the right? In what name or what power are you coming from? Moses, you got an army behind you or something? Is there something that we're missing here? This is the Egyptian kingdom, Moses. Who the heck are you? Now, it's a simple question, but we all know why Moses is asking it. It's because what he's being asked to do by God is radical. 
It's unbelievable. It's absurd. But God gives a simple answer, or what seems to be a simple answer. See, Moses is saying, God, I don't have the credentials. I don't have the authority. God, I don't even know your name. And then God gives him a personal name, a name like no other in the history of the world, a name so simple, yet so hard to wrap your head around. At the same time, he tells him this, you want to know my name? I am. Tell them, I am sent you. But what does that even mean? Now, this is not a, a play on words or trick by God here. In the original languages, it has two nuances that that really is trying to get across here. First of all, God is saying, I am the God who truly exists. That's who I am. He's saying there's a lot of people running around the world and stating different things about different gods. In fact, Egypt alone had 1,400 gods that they worshipped. And the true God is saying, those gods are not real. I am. Only I exist as God, and I have always existed from the beginning of the world. I've always been, I was, and I am. The second thing that he's trying to get across to Moses here is the language is also stating, I will be who I will be, meaning that he will always will be. And he will continue to be with his people for all eternity. Which brings us to our last point, a God for every generation. Look at verse 15. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. I recently spent uh, some hours with a guy who spent a lot of time asking me a lot of questions. Uh, this uh, guy was not a believer. But he had a lot of good questions stemming from some deep trauma that had been in his life, especially as he was young. He was coming to me and he wanted answers and I really didn't have any. The conclusion I did make in the end, the thing I did tell him is, I don't know all the answers but I serve a God that does. And the mystery of how he works is above my knowledge and understanding. And if it wasn't, what kind of God would he be? I mean, if we can totally comprehend who God is, we can wrap our head around him, he really wouldn't be a God at all. He would be a God created in my image, doing the things that I think he should do, not vice versa of my being created in his image. See, every generation for thousands and thousands of years from the beginning of time has asked the same similar questions. Who is God? What is God? Why does God, if he's good, allow suffering and, and bad things to happen? Why does he allow evil in the world? Is God real? Where is God when I need him? Etc. 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 Those always the same questions from the history of the world. Last week a guy asked me, he said, how often do you address current events in your sermons? And I said, rarely. And he was kind of struck by that. But I told him this. I said, I, I try to work hard and make my sermons relevant and relatable. But it's not that our current events are not important. But the problems of every people in every generation are the same. 
And the answer to those problems are always the same. And God and His Word, just like today, in those situations, addresses those situations. God is a God for every generation. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, meaning humans have always dealt with the same issues and the same problems. And like I said before, and the answer is always the same, we are broken, we're inadequate, and we're finite, and God is the opposite. He said to Moses, and he's saying that to us today, and here's the name he gave, I am Yahweh. That's the name he gave. I am Yahweh. He said, that's my sacred and personal name. I am the Lord your God, the Yahweh. I am the I am. And when Jesus came to earth, he said, he used the exact same title for himself. He said, I am. You want to know who I am? I am. First of all, making sure that everybody knew that he was God. The second thing, letting everybody know that he was what was true of the Father was also true of him. Today we started at the very beginning of the book of, of, of the Bible, uh, or the second book, the beginning of the Bible, Exodus. But at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, Jesus states that he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. See, Jesus came to us as a reminder that God never changes. And he interacts with real people in real time and real history in every generation. He reveals himself within the context of relationship, reminding people like Moses and like us that he's the God of every generation, the generations before us, the generations after us. So the final question today is this, how do you think about God and relate to God during the day? Do you live as if God is real and present and personal? Or does he really just exist with you as some impersonal force in the sky or some grandfather like Father Tom sleeping on a throne and really ignoring what's going on? See, over the next few weeks, we're going to be confronted. You and I are both going to be confronted with various truths concerning who God is and the different roles that he is wanting to play in your life and is playing to your, in your life. My hope is that through your, this series, that you will come to know God in ways that you have not previously known him before. My hope is in this series that you will open your heart to that. And that, you, uh, that today and the weeks to come, that we will be receptive of a bigger picture that God is going to be showing us of who he is and that you come to the understanding that he is more than you can imagine and he is better than you think and can believe. Contemplate that as we come to the table today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Uh, you're first of all our Father. Lord, uh, we all so often just live as if we're orphans, like it's all up to us, or like we're slaves and not sons and daughters. Lord, help us to break out of that mode. Help us to know you deeply, intimately, as a friend, as a father, just in personal ways, like we would know the most intimate people around us and our families and our spouses and our, our friends. Lord, would you give us a bigger picture of that? Will you open our hearts to that? It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. 
We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.